0: Welcome to another podcast from Dismissed Life Ministry. We hope to encourage and present to you that there is hope in recovery with Jesus Christ and His Word. Today we will focus on our love for the world, or our love of the Father. Which do you crave? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15-17, through 17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There's a quote that I used at the beginning of my book that was from Patrick Carnes, the author of a book called Out of the Shadows. It says, For all addicts a moment comes when they realize they have a problem. It spoke directly to me and about me and about the situation that I was facing. It told me I was out of control and did not care about the consequences or what my actions would mean to others. For me, my addiction to sin held me in bondage as a slave, while even my most sincere attempts to escape the clutches of the accuser failed me time and again. I had become so imprisoned by my adversary that I could not see a way out of the position I so easily volunteered. I became his slave and chose to stay clutched in his grasp in order that I could satisfy his own wicked craving to claim one of God's own. The Bible says the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Our society today looks at addiction as a condition, as a disease that affords men the opportunity to develop excuses for their actions in the hopes of negating personal responsibility for their own actions. You see, there was a time when sin was commonly spoken about in the world our churches, our schools, our places of business, social functions, etc. The communication of sin was so common in days past that when you said, Thou shalt not steal, they knew that philosophy was directly tied to the Bible. There was a time when it was said to love, honor, and obey your parents, and this was also directly tied to the Bible, and expected of children. But today we see that these two simple biblical truths have been ignored as we watch the news of teens swarming stores and a flash mob and looting them. We are realizing today that God warned us in his word and the world will pass away in the lust thereof. Yes, we see the world is passing on by in moral decay as our lust consumes our society as a starving lion ravages easy prey. There was a time when the Bible's truth, the golden rule, applied to every aspect of our daily life i even remember on my report card as a child a grade for citizenship that stressed this very simple biblical truth we were supposed to treat others as we would want and expect to be treated however this all goes back to the original verse we quoted for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life It was nothing new when John the Evangelist wrote this nearly 2,000 years ago, and nothing had changed since Adam and Eve lived in the Garden of Eden and birthed mankind into a sin nature, as recorded in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Even today... Our sin revolves much around the lust of our flesh and eyes. Those character features feed the pride that encourages us to take riskier and riskier steps of disobedience to our loving God. But He is a God of justice, and He will not tolerate sin to reign in our lives, especially if we are His children. When we remove the word sin from our vocabulary, from our dialect, from our day-to-day communication and actions, we lose a vital level of personal accountability in our lives. We threaten our own lives and the lives of those around us simply because we desire in our heart of hearts to satisfy our wicked sin craving flesh. When we succumb to our addictive thirst for sin, we think that we have control of our problems, or even think it's not a problem and that we can stop at any time. Having such a laissez-faire attitude about our sin addiction, we deceive ourselves into thinking we do not have a need for any type of Redeemer, but that's not what the Lord intended. The Lord intends for us to seek a Redeemer that has already provided a means for our escape, paying the penalties of sin and giving us relief from the self-imposed anguish of a life injected with sinful addictions. All of these things were nailed to the cross, wherein we have the constant reminder of the great accuser is defeated. But this accuser will not go down quietly. He will always remain a nuisance in our lives, filling our heads with doubts of forgiveness. This accuser is persistent at going to the throne of God and constantly reminding Christ of the man who claims to be his disciple. He's a filthy sinner. He's unforgivable, the devil will say. The devil will then accuse this man that as a Christian who has fallen because of his sin addictions before the Lord, then take pleasure in seeing the anguish of the Lord's face as a result of his fallen Christian. The devil will especially take pleasure if that Christian decides he is no longer worthy to be called the Son of God and turns his back on him. Even more discouraging is the person who has never decided to follow Christ as their Savior because he's become so overburdened by the addiction of sin that he rejects the gospel when presented, and he will never experience the peace and joy of spiritual relief. When we remove our personal accountability for sin, we totally discredit and discount the importance of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for each and every person on the face of this earth. Not only do we stifle what the gospel is, but what the gospel provides in relief from man's anguish, but we also allow the accuser man to discount the validity of God's word and his Bible, his holy Bible, to guide the sin addict out of the depth of sin that seems so inescapable. We must understand, if those struggling with sin addiction can decide to faithfully get under the sound of God's Word by attending a church and studying God's Word in a hope recovery type program, which is helping others put off entanglement, and sincerely analyzing and reconciling their lives, victory can be achieved as they travel the road of redemption. What we read in 1 John chapter 2.15, love not the world, we need to understand that this is the world that we live in day to day. This is where we live our human experiences with family and friends and even our adversaries as a part of it. This is where we allow those human experiences to form our habits, either good or bad, and express those habits through our behaviors. If we can understand this hostile world and how it wants to influence us away from God, we can develop mechanisms to deal with those challenges. As we look at and study the world from a biblical view, we can better understand how it craves to seduce, tempt, and separate us from God. This world unashamedly works to feed through processes that satisfy the flesh dominated by our senses. This ultimately fosters a desensitization towards sinful and immoral actions. This philosophy then migrates to countless addiction recovery programs and numerous books that promise to help the addict. Yet, they are doomed to failure when we consider these programs for everything. They exclude the Word of God. This world's system is tirelessly working to remove God from every aspect of man's life. I, too, bought into this pride-of-life worldly system and allowed my worldly philosophy to dictate my theology. Thinking myself not quite as highly as God... But by learning and implementing this worldly philosophy, I developed an attitude of a little g-god, making myself an idol unto myself. This attitude, philosophy, or whatever you want to call it, led me further and further away from God. And before I knew it, I was in such a cavern of sin that it darkened any noticeable escape routes that I was looking for on my own. It wasn't until I was brought to the lowest levels of life that I confessed to my Creator I needed His help. It wasn't until then that I could begin to see a glimmer of light that led me out of that cavern of sin. For those of us that have been invited or for those of us that have invited the accuser of man into our lives embracing this world philosophy we must make a choice to surrender to the lord and destroy all the idols in our lives then we must build our love relationship with the lord and rebuilding it to understand we must embrace his hard and sometimes difficult actions of correction listening to His voice and trusting by faith that He will eventually deliver. I had to remember I was a son of God, a peculiar person, owned by Christ's redemptive work on Calvary. I was His property. He bought me and took possession of all my damaged goods, and ever since, I must admit, I have not been a faithful and obedient steward of His property. Once I determined to correct my thinking, renew my faith, and trust God, I was prepared to take up his cross and follow him, no matter how long it would take for this redemptive work to be completed. Not only is this the battlefront fought in our flesh, it is also fought in our minds, and this corrupt mind requires a reset, a renewal of sorts, to begin a new process of clearing the mechanism, to use a baseball quote. (laughs) Setting my affection on things above, not on things below, allows me to focus on what Christ overcame on the cross for me. Overcoming our sins, Christ paid the penalties for all our sins. And yet people will continue to judge and never give those forgiven individuals the benefit of the doubt in redeeming quality of God's work. God says, if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Think about that for a moment. The sin in our lives that we are constantly trying to heal independently of God indicates that we do not trust or love Him enough to guide us. From the guilt and shame of our sin, we repeatedly go to the altar to repent. We constantly ask forgiveness, not only of Him, but of our family and friends that we damaged. Over and over again, our sin addiction causes pain, tears, sorrow, and immense regret. Thinking on these situations, how can we say we love the Father? How can we say we do not love the world more? How have we proven our love for God, our Heavenly Father, who created us, if we cannot divorce ourselves of this world? It's rather simple but it requires immense faith and diligence on our part. It requires commitment and effort to keep a life that is pleasing to God. He has promised us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter how ugly, how awful, or how horrendous man views our sin or addiction, I do wholeheartedly believe in time that those regrets, tears, pain, memories, and sorrow can return the one redeemed to a life that is filled with love, joy, peace, goodness, and much more. The Lord has promised this in His Word, that we can have His attributes. These are the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. God created man to be victorious. His word says, For all that is in the world, lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. When he said that, he warned us of the unholy character of this world, that is, and will forever be in direct opposition of the heavenly. What we read in John 7, 7, The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth. Because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. And then we see in 1 John chapter 5 verses 4 and 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. God tells us that he created us to be battle ready warriors. With armor. Because God does not allow our enemies victory. He created us to be warriors and craftsmen of his word. In Psalm, it tells us, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. He goes on to say, My goodness, my fortress, my tower, my my high tower, my deliverer my shield and he in whom I trust who subdueth my people under me and then Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them see God does not make mistakes he provides opportunities for man to excel in all that he does, in all of his endeavors. And then, if a man seeks God, and praises God, and requests God to be evident in his life, that man can't expect God to appear. You see, one day, the world will be judged, and all men, regardless of status in life, All will stand before God and give account for their entire lives and their decisions that led them along in this world as they lived their human experience. All, every single person, will be judged on their response in trusting His Son, Jesus Christ as their Savior and Redeemer of their soul. The problem is for all addicts of sin if we cannot get this very first step of obedience correct there truly is no help you on your own merits your own devices your own actions got yourself in the position where you are presently and now it is you who holds the key to recovery and making your life work you failed on your own but now you should choose Christ and give him the opportunity to expose the things in your life that you must confess and overcome. When we have an addiction to sin, we look for short-term fixes that will give us a high for tiny moments in our lives. Unfortunately, those little highs from sinful actions dissipate. We look for that next high, hoping it takes us upward, but only takes us downward to greater steps of sin, all for the sake of satisfying our flesh. Then, before we know it, the world passes away and the lust thereof, because the cravings we have to satisfy our flesh deprives us of the voice of God calling us to recovery our flesh will never be satisfied until we replace the craving of our addiction with the Christ of redemption this is the will of God and he that doeth the will of God abideth forever and that is a promise decide to turn your life to Christ come to him admit your shortcomings repent and forsake turn away from the sin of addiction and in the end Your lust of the flesh will be transformed by the love of Christ, who is your great redeemer and healer of your soul. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that your spirit is lifted and your eyes are focused on Christ. Join us next week for our next podcast. God bless.